Welcome to Sudbury Stories. Sudbury's full of amazing individuals that are doing some incredible things and making this city a better place. It's my goal to get the word out about good news stories local to Sudbury and highlight those individuals like Meher here that are having an impact in making the Sudbury a better place. Correct response. What is my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario? Meher grew up in Syria. He immigrated to Ottawa in 1987 and eventually coming to Sudbury in 2005. He, in 2005 is when he initially opened up Shaughnessy's and jumped into his passion for an owner-operator in the, in the, um, of the bar business. Entrepreneurship, and, or business owner as he puts it, doesn't stop there and it's, it's in his blood. He's run 12 different businesses in 14 years in Sudbury and he spent 32 years total in the, um, in the uh, hospitality. hospitality business. Yeah, there we go, thank you. <laughs> On a personal note, he's uh, involved with many different charities and, and community events in Sudbury, and he lives downtown where he practices what he preaches. Perfect, well I'm thankful to have you on the mic today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so 32 years in the in the hospitality industry. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a natural fit. Every time I try to get away from hospitality, I, uh, it just pulled me back in. So it's a <laughs> it's a very rewarding industry. Yeah. So like, I think a lot of people grew up and they're like, oh, I want to be a bar owner someday or something like that. Where it you started in the back end, yeah, washing dishes, I, and I never wanted to be a bar owner. It, it's just I just happened to own, own businesses that have a either a bar segment to it or actually is a bar or a nightclub. Yeah. I, I don't even drink that much. It's a seldom that I drink. Yeah. So, but like, so obviously you've, you've learned a lot of lessons. You've got, you, whatever it has, you know, even if you try to get out of the, uh, the hospitality business, it's kept pulling you back over yes. these years. So like, is there the, like one or two things that it really is? Uh... Absolutely. Uh, there's a, uh, whenever you work in a restaurant there's a, or a, uh, any type of hospitality, for one thing, you're, you're working with extroverts. Extra, you're always for working sure. for extroverts. Uh, introverts do not survive the industry. Um, so you always have this sense of community, closeness to people. You work with people. And it's, it's rewarding in that manner. Is that <clears throat> you're socializing. Your social life becomes your work. And uh, that's where the, the rewards start. Um, you, if I've attempted to work in an office in a cubicle. And um, I found myself work, uh, working standing up. <laughs> and, uh, and then people would say, uh, well, you know, you have a chair there. And I would say, well, no, I'd prefer to stand up. And so that's another thing. The, uh, the hospitality industry itself, you, you, open, you work in open areas, whether it's a kitchen or, or in the front. The, the, uh, there's no uh, walls. You're working in an open area and you're encouraged so what to was, socialize. And, and What was that cubicle job? Do you remember? Like where you uh, yeah, I, I worked two, two jobs. I, I worked for... A, an auditing firm in uh, in Ottawa, and that uh, um, that the job itself, the work was very rewarding. But the atmosphere, you know, uh, closed rooms, no windows, uh, cafeteria style lighting, didn't work um, for the extrovert in you. Yeah, the workload. Yeah, and you're not encouraged to socialize with other people at all. Uh, my other job when I was in Australia, I, I had a job with a. Uh, a magazine publisher, a newspaper magazine publisher called BRW, and the same thing. You know, if you wanted to communicate with a person that's sitting less than two feet away from you, you had to uh, send them an email to Schedule their. An appointment. Yeah, you had to, you had to send them an email and then you, you to pass the stapler. You know, yeah, just crazy. Eh? Yeah, and 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 I think in general, globally, uh, companies are wising up to the fact that that's not how people work. We don't work that way. It is a sure way to make people depressed. And uh, and I think uh, the leaders in, in employment, you know, are 
wisening up to the fact that we need to be social. We need to exercise ideas. We need to um, at least have open dialogue or or at least sit in a room where you can see other people. It means so much to have a positive, like like enjoy what you do for a living. And like, sure, yeah, maybe... Yeah, you're, absolutely. You're, well, you're, you're isolation. You're getting there. Isolation. And maybe somebody wants isolation. We're a very social animal. And yeah, perfect. That, we're that, not designed to be isolated. They can be there if they want. But if, uh, if they want to have that that extrovert, if you want to have that dialogue, and you want to have those connections being made, then you know, put yourself in the position to do that. So, yeah, I, I find even, even introverts will walk into a coffee shop and they'll sit and, and read their books or... or work on their laptops or whatnot but they want to be surrounded by people even if they're not interacting i think that's just a need that we all have and it's a reason why people still go out to drink and still go out to eat they seek the places that have people in it not that have not the places that have the highest chef rating yeah that's that's a really like a, like interesting observation i think you're right yeah, because absolutely. so many times you go into a coffee shop and everybody's maybe by themselves but it, it just feels comforting to be around people yes you know yeah. maybe they spend the, all day at their if they work from home or whatever and they're not surrounded by people and that this is it gives yes. them that break where they can at least get out and there's conversation there's dialogue there's chit chat yes. happening over and around kind of thing so absolutely i think it's uh really inherit in us so so basically like it's like and I'm, I'm a big believer in you know being passionate what you do for a living and I think as yourself as you uh, you kind of commented on that you're a business owner and you've, yes. you've had t- had lots of different endeavors over those uh, years but yes. you've obviously you, you if you're not passionate about something you're not going to be continue with it you're gonna you know you do what you're ha- you're happy to do and you're happy to kind of you know step away from what you're not happy to I do. don't know if that's true I, I mean are you are you asking me personally yeah just just like I've you. I've done a lot of things that I was not fond of um, you do what you have to do at times and and that's not necessarily true I, I think um, you have to find ways to extract happiness out of whatever it is that you do and and, and you know, have satisfaction executing small small goals on daily basis. Uh, a lot of people do jobs that are not uh, suited for their personalities or not suited for uh, um, for their intrinsic beings. But I think in the in the end, it, you gravitate towards something that that you can achieve successes at, and and then hopefully try to find the happiness in it. And and still, there are a lot of people that live miserable lives every day because of what they do for a living and, and they feel stuck that's so like that, that's so it's so frustrating for those people that they they feel like they're stuck or they're on a treadmill or whatever and they can't get out of this little zone that they're in but like take you for example like you've got lots of employees like how are you making like what do you do that's a little bit different or part of your job that you like you really try to make sure that all your staff are enjoying what they do for a job like are you trying to do something over and above with with your employees i think as for one thing as as a business manager not necessarily just ownership, but management. Um, the my my three top goals are are number one is provide a comfortable and and uh, safe environment for my staff. Number two, provide a comfortable and safe environment for my customers, and number three, provide my staff with the proper tools to do their job. Um, a lot of the criticism from and I'm, I'm sure you've you've heard criticism when when staff criticizes when they're their management uh, does not provide them with the proper tools. Yeah. So, like, how are you doing that from a day-to-day business, like, on a day-to-day level with your employees right now? Like, like, what are you doing to make sure that they feel extra safe in their jobs or something like that? Uh, well, well, for one thing, I, I realize how difficult a job can be. And it, and it doesn't matter what the job is. There are days where the job feels extremely difficult. And it could be because of personal reasons or because of external, uh, um, external causes. Uh, 
for for me to understand is that number one, I I don't discipline staff in the middle of the shift. Okay, I that's always, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I always end up doing it at the end of the shift, and I give them, and I and I assure them that they're not at risk of losing their job. But this is you know these are things that have to be changed, addressed, or changed, uh, and that just gives them a better sense of comfort when they're working that they're not going to be yelled at or they're not going to be disciplined in front of other people or belittled or it's it's almost like you have that vision in your mind of somebody like ripping apart of an employee or something like that just for, almost for the the show of it more it's than the, like an actual like well, it's not just show it's really control uh, control over um, emotions that, and i i find it's uh, you know the rule um, always applies treat people like you want to be treated yeah and i think even beyond that too the fact that you've spent 32 years in the hospitality industry, you've probably worked every possible job that you could work. I so start, yeah. you, you've, walked those, you've walked those footsteps that they're, started, they're doing right now. I started washing dishes and mopping floors and I still wash dishes and mop floors at times. <laughs> so it's not like it's just some big boss that's saying, oh, you're not doing this correct or something like that. Like Everyone that's owned a restaurant or a cafe or a nightclub or any any of these businesses will, will tell you, hands down, we still do the little jobs. We have to. And... Uh, you know the concept that just because you're the you're the best floor sweeper in the place it doesn't mean that you're the one that has to sweep the floors but every now and then you'll be called upon yeah so you need to have the <laughs> yeah absolutely need to be able to yeah. have the skills to be able to do all those different uh... yes the more the more time you've spent in your industry the better you become at it yeah um doing doing different jobs um stories and stories and stories about so many successful people that went into a company that they inherited, and before they inherited the company, they worked from the mailbox, mail office, from the uh, yeah, from the mailroom all the way up to to the boardroom, and uh, learning the ins and outs of their businesses and knowing how the machine really operates, and and that is such a valuable thing in it, and it's one of one of the other reasons why I have not successfully been able to jump jump ship to other industries and you put the time into it already that's right you're yeah. an expert you've got the doctorate in <laughs> yeah I, you know I, I try to stay away from words like experts you know as soon as you say that word karma hits you <laughs> well i'll agree there with that. so many lessons that we still need to learn I maybe think. we'll call it a phd in yeah, hospitality yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> when you put 32 years in it that's more like get. a ba and bs yeah <laughs> i like that i like that <laughs> yeah so definitely and um so basically if we kind of you know take a take a, a, a little bit of a picture here so 12 business in 14 years yes. so you started with Shaughnessy so like yes. walk us through kind of what what that was like you know coming to Sudbury and then you know getting that kind of off the ground it's funny because uh the Sudbury stories in itself is I'm so fond of the story it's one of my favorite um I in university I had one of my roommates in university um was from Sudbury and he did not have anything nice to say about Sudbury <laughs> so uh and that was in Ottawa you were going to school? yeah yeah I went to Carleton University and so fast forward several years later one of my close friends Mark uh, Van Ryswick was getting married to this girl Sue that he met and we barely knew Sue and then but the wedding was in Sudbury so uh the, the night before the wedding we partied at Cactus Beats and uh we were all sweating and bullets the next day standing in that wedding. We were just, we were, we were green from drinking the <laughs> night before. We really had a good night. But, um, you know, Sue uh, Fisher from Sudbury, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. I got to know her after she married Mark. And then uh, two years later, we were looking for a place to buy. And I think it was just the, the market was dry. There was nothing in Ottawa worth buying or worth looking at. 
we looked in Kingston, we looked in uh, Brockville, we looked in Russell, we looked in several places in, in the surrounding areas. And, it, you know, at one point, Mark and Sue came to Sudbury to visit her parents and they found that Cactus Peace was up for sale. And, you know, he came back to Ottawa and said, well, Cactus Peace is up for sale. And I said, uh, yep. You've got the, the, a great we're, first impression. We're, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm like, well, yeah, we're going to move to Sudbury. And I, I was, it was kind of a bit of a, you know, I kind of dejected the the idea at first. And then eventually we came up here and saw the place. And I got to get to know the city. And I did really fall in love with the city. I thought it was very charming. Yeah. I, I thought the things that I've wanted uh, in my life really did exist in Sudbury. Fantastic. That, yeah. that, that's awesome to hear. You know, s- saying that, I did move here when I was 34. So uh, maybe when I was 25, it, Sudbury would not be my, a, a my first fit. choice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's what, like, I do find that with a lot of people. And I, th- like, even a lot of my friends, you know, they go the, the way to school or something like that. And they're yes. going to do the Southern Ontario, whether it's the Toronto thing or the Ottawa thing, or maybe even the Absolutely. US thing for a few years. But if people kind of want to settle down, they, they, they usually find a way, if they're looking for those values that they grew up with, they find a way back to Sudbury because they just, it feels like always. Home. Yeah. Always. Always, Sudbury has a way of bringing people back. Uh, it's another reason why I'm a big proponent of <clears throat> downtown Sudbury because um, downtowns are for young people or people that do not that that want to have a uh, uh, a pedestrian life. They don't they don't own vehicle vehicles or they don't want to drive everywhere. Yeah, um, I'm one of those people. I would I like to walk. I like to walk to all my destinations. I like to have the bank that I bank at within a two blocks of, of where I am store. and the grocery store and the pharmacy and, 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 and the entertainment and the restaurants. And so I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for, for downtowns, specifically in Sudbury. We are the largest thing for 400 uh, kilometers in, in diameter. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We should start acting like it. Hub of the North, right? Yeah. So hopefully we can kind of, you know, build something there. And, and one of the greatest things in like, I'm not as involved with the downtown communities and stuff like that. Like I love shopping there. I love to go there, whether yes. it's catching you know, going to the YMCA to the gym or going to uh, grab a coffee or whatever it is. But like what I always find is Mahar has been this little bit of a, like a connector. And he, like every time I go in the coffee shop and it actually started a few years ago when again, one of the, we were putting on a local charity event, a camp quality I, event Yes, I remember. with uh, Don Kunto was involved with that. Yes. And that's where I got to meet you for the first time. But it, like everywhere I'd go after that, I'd always see you and you're always, whatever coffee shop I'd be at sandwich shop, but he's connector and he just connects people with other people. And he just like, he's got that social element to him. So I love people. It's uh it's one of the, the, the curses of being, being an extrovert, uh, <laughs> I do really enjoy people. I, I uh, and uh, I always want to be in areas that are thriving and have a lot of people in them. And uh, the idea of being connector, I mean, I, I'm, it's it's very flattering. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I I just uh, I don't know. I'm uh, lost <laughs> for words here, but I, I appreciate that because I I think. Being a connector or being told that you're a connector is it's, it's a special role in life. Oh yeah, a special role in the community and a special role in life. And it's yes. like, and what what is it about people that brings you so much joy and brings you so much energy? You know, I I think the opposite question, the the the, the opposite question is the relevant question. It's like, what is it about people that bring you so much anxiety or fear? Or I I think we're we're designed by design. We're supposed to be around each other, and we're supposed to create communities. And we're supposed to support and love each other. And because in the end, when it all falls apart, that's all we have is the connections that we've made. And and then, uh, you know, not unlike other people, I've been up and I've been down. And 
and the people that are there to celebrate with you and the people that are there to to mourn with you are um, you know they might not necessarily be what you would consider family but they're definitely what you would consider a community and that's the community you've built that's the steps you put in that's the work you put in yeah. that's the connections you've built that, that have you built have, those communities around. yeah you have to keep your arms open and allow people to come into your space first yeah. yeah it's interesting we had a little bit of a conversation off mic already but I when I look at you I look at you as like a great serial entrepreneur or like and you you, you kind of you know shied away from that term and you're like I'm not an entrepreneur I'm a business owner and yeah I think it's it's more like a, maybe a, like a, a lateral way of looking at it but like describe how you feel like you're more of a business owner than an entrepreneur well for one thing my my family I come from a, a family of business owners and um, when we immigrated here my father was a diplomat and he didn't he didn't really work in restaurants, but when we moved to Canada, he opened a restaurant, and we, you know, I and mean, he was uh, very happy at uh, being his own boss. He was very uh, grateful, and he expressed his gratitude on a daily basis to how he loves being his own his own boss. Uh, but I don't think he had any aspirations of of you know when we immigrated to Canada, he was fifty two years old, and his aspirations to expand and become an entrepreneur. Uh, were not there, so I understand his from his philosophies that he wanted to be a business owner, and that's yeah, and that's the difference I think being a business owner versus an entrepreneur. Uh, not all not all concepts and ideas are are designed for for a magnitude of growth, and then the other thing is that I think the the idea of being an entrepreneur is misunderstood. How so? I think entrepreneurs, and initially I think entrepreneurs really describe the word entrepreneur describes. Um, people that want to take concepts and, and grow them, you know, uh, seedlings, um, yeah. initial baby uh, fetus ideas, like it's, uh, and, then, and then grow these ideas into... From nothing yes, to something. From, from nothing to something. And most of the businesses that I've owned, I've purchased. And that was kind of one of the, like, when I did a little bit of research, and I would, like, I really started, like, tracking out your business. I, that's what, that's so true, is, like, you you bought your way into a lot of these doors yes. and then you expand them and you kind of create your own thing with you them. You modify them, not necessarily expand them. Some of them are expandable, but some are, they are what they are. And I've, and I've had my failures as, as much as I've had my successes and, and truthfully, I mean, it's been a, an incredible journey for me, the amount of learning and the amount of people that I've met and the, you know, again, back to the community, the community that I created here. I, I can't go out and do this in other cities it would take me a, a decade to, to to just get the connections that i have here a decade plus to like a decade just, plus oh of course uh, and sudbury is unique I, ha- I have to say this i lived in ottawa you meet wonderful people all the time and then uh, and then those moments are fleeting they just disappear dissipate and here in sudbury you meet someone and you're like well that was nice and then two days later you run into them you know, uh, again and again and again, and eventually that that bond strengthens because of the amount. Of, it is such a unique place. That's such a, a cool like uh, observation. I like we're just a small enough community where that's going to happen. It's going to exactly. almost force you to happen, right? Exactly. Because there's uh, you're only going to go to you know one in ten places or whatever, <laughs> a coffee shop at these three places or whatever uh, it is, right? Yeah, so. that. But also, it's uh, yeah. I think geographically. Uh, Sudbury is massive, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but when it comes to uh, your options of things, I mean, there's there's only so many. And but people here are active, and they know, um, you know, um, they're they're also social. The uh, Sudbury is different. Uh, you meet someone, a few days later, if you run into them, they'll walk up to you and they'll say hello, 
and they don't mind spending 10 minutes chatting with you. I you know, try to find that in Toronto. You yeah. Know? They, Everyone's if, face yeah. down, earpods in, and like uh, off yeah. to their next appointment. Don't, don't take any of my time away from me because it's so <laughs> precious. Yeah. Because I don't have time for you, but I'm going to go out there and be stuck in traffic for 40 minutes. And do you know what? That's probably one of my favorite things about going. And I, I didn't really think about it from that perspective. But if I go to downtown Old Rock or something like that, it's just like oh, yeah. everybody's there to have a conversation. Absolutely. And it's, there's no rush. It's like you're sitting down, you're having your coffee. but like, And everybody in that, in, in that restaurant is up for a conversation at any time. Absolutely. And, and they'll tell you. If they're not, they'll tell you. But at the same time, they're really nice and they're open. Yeah. And I think it, this has... I think that was the most refreshing thing about moving to Sudbury is, is how welcoming people are. Yeah. And they're also um, unassuming. You know, I, I sat down with the person, with Wayne Maher. He's the, uh, the gentleman that sold us Cactus Beats. Um, I sat with him one day and I, you know, we're, we're shooting the breeze. And I said, uh, what's your advice about Sudbury? And he said... Uh, uh, if you walk into the bank and there's two people in line, one is wearing a suit and the other is wearing work boots, he said, the odds are the man in the work boots is worth twice as much as the man in the suit. And I thought that that was surprising, specifically because I came from Ottawa and Ottawa is the opposite. Ottawa is very government white central. collar, very government central. Exactly. And uh, and I thought that was that could not have been a more accurate advice. That could there was I don't think there's a better advice that he could give me is do not judge a book by its cover. Judge do not judge anybody here. Um, and uh, the other thing that I thought uh, when I first moved here and, and uh, it really struck me is that how well traveled Sudburyans are. That a lot of Sudburyans you start talking to them and they're so multidimensional. They're not just the person that you see in front of you. You know, you're talking to a 22-year-old girl and, and, and he says, so, uh, you know, what's new? She says, well, I just got back from Africa. And then, or, uh, and before that, I biked across Europe for this charity. And, 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 and you know, mine's just blown. You're like, you're 22. And, but that's, that is such a, a relevant thing here. And, 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 and all, I, I don't ever want to label anyone or stamp anyone with a label because they're just... They will surprise you every time. I absolutely love that. And I think if you kind of look at it, we're a community where family values are very important, but like a lot of people, like maybe you're still like, if, if you grew up here, then you're maybe living at home while you go to school and things like that. And that would like, if you live at home while you go to school, that might give you the opportunity where your parents are encouraging you to go and explore the world a little bit or something like that before you go and you settle down and you start your business or career or whatever that, that may be. Right. So well, that's being a, being a small community is, you know, within a very, very short time, you can explore Everything there is to explore in here and go, I need to explore more. Um, and that's and I think that's all it is. It's not that we don't have all of these things, but you know, a perfect example, you know, we have a handful of nightclubs left in Sudbury. And you go to somewhere like Toronto and there's a handful of nightclubs on one block. I know. It's and, crazy. And then on and on and on. And then, you know, theater. We have theater here, but they have a hundred times more theater. We have musicals here. They have a, and then so, and, and that's just it's just the magnitude and the size of the cities that you go to and what happens here I think is people do end up exploring the north and then they decide that they want to explore something else so and that's the, I really like the way you put that and it's it's so true like and it's you know we have we have options but there it's not like we have as many options as somewhere else in southern Ontario or something like that with 10 times the population absolutely right? so, no yeah. it's true but also even I think Canadians in general are very very um 
likely to travel. Yeah. You know, we, we, I go traveling and I run into Canadians everywhere. And I think it's uh, um, one of the things is proud to be Canadian and, and how um, welcoming the world is to us. You know, that we're, we're not yeah, that, ostracized and we're not pushed away. And, and, and people love Canadians when they travel. That stamp on your backpack means That's a right, lot exactly. to the rest so, of the world. <laughs> so it is very encouraging. So when you meet people in general, they encourage you to travel all the time. I think it's just like it's it's learning about life, right? And like you can learn so much about school in school, but you have to like ultimately you're going to work in the real life and you're not going to work in, in this the, 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 the textbook scenario kind of thing. So yes. traveling, like running businesses, all these things are what can give you that education and give you that PhD in, in the entertainment industry, you know, 32 years later, right? Yeah, the hospitality no, absolutely. Industry, so. Diversity is important. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I really like how you kind of worded some of that there as well. So, um, but the other thing that's that's kind of interesting to is you've you like while you've built these you know twelve businesses in fourteen years, you've done some of them solo, but then you've also taken on some partnerships, and some of those have worked out okay, and some of them maybe not so okay. Is that is that something you've you've grown through? There's been growth on your personal side, or like how would you describe like those starting on your own absolutely with a partnership? Uh, absolutely, and and partnerships are created. All the time, uh, whether uh, whether it's it's partnership in, in, in ownership or not, and, and you create friendships and, and relationships with the people that you surround yourself with all the time. It just happens; it's natural. Um, as far as like life lessons, that's an ongoing and, and necessary thing, and yeah. and some of the lessons hurt a lot more than others, but they're they have to be necessary. It's just part of the journey. Yeah, that's part of the good constant growth, right? So, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Some of the toughest lessons we learn are lessons through failure, and that's if we don't fail, it's easy to put ourselves in a small box. I I I do think that, but I I don't think you can categorize everything as a success or a failure. I mean, there's so much more to that. Um, some experiences are just experiences, and they're um, they're not necessarily even even though the relationships that themselves cease to exist or the partnerships cease to exist. That doesn't mean that these these things were failures. Some of my partnerships were absolute, you know, incredible successes and hits, and then, you know, create great relationships with these people. Eventually, they they fizzle, and then but that happens with most relationships, anyways. Oh yeah, half of the fifty percent of every marriage has been divorced yeah. today, right? So exactly. So, um, you know, so you can't even in marriages, and you know, you in some marriages, couple together for a very very long time, raise a family wonderful kids, the kids come out to be very productive and good citizens or good human beings in general. And you can't, call, and then the parents separate you. Well, you can't call that a that's, failure. Oh, of course that's success. You then, know. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. so many successes there. And that's the same with, with any partnership. I think, um, there's a lot of successes and, um, so yeah, I, I don't think everything could be ca- categorized as that one way or another. Absolutely. You know, the, the, a th- you know a three thousand year old empire uh, ends and then people are like, well that was a failure that didn't <laughs> it lasted that didn't work years. yeah Rome yeah. <laughs> wasn't that great of a success yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh geez oh geez so uh, like if like if we kind of take a snapshot at so like right now you're like what is your day to day operations of running the SRO look like like what is what are you doing on a daily basis for that for the you know what I I think what I like about my life is that not two days are alike. Yeah. yeah. So there's, you know, there's the your routines, your uh, <clears throat> every week, your your groceries, your inventory, liquor, beer, um, and then uh, uh, the, you know, 
taking in deliveries, you have to be there on physically or have someone have to be there scheduling, staffing. And then, uh, but then, you know, we have, we're open three nights a week now. So every night is different, has a different feel. So right now you're Thursdays? Wednesdays, Fridays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Fridays, and Saturdays. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's like, there's lineups every, <laughs> I haven't gone out to the bars as, as often as, you know, maybe grabbing drinks after work or something like yeah. that. But like, like I've, I've been told like 11 o'clock at night, there's a lineup every, every night you guys are open basically is what I'm hearing. Well, you know, that's, it's testament to the, uh, I really do think that I have the best corner in the city, Larch and Durham. I mean, it's a, the best location. The size is fantastic, and uh, the layout is by far, I think, it's the best layout of any of the bars in, in downtown. And you've done a massive renovation, which is about five years ago. Is that now? five and a half years ago? We did a big renovation, and I, you know, we're I'm, I'm at a time right now where I'm freshening things up, paint jobs, and cleaning up bathrooms, and constantly. <laughs> yeah, it never ends, and and but it's just wear and tear, and you got you have to keep on top of it and be aware of it. What are you most proud? What are you most proud of what you've accomplished with the SRO? Wow. I, I do want to say I am proud of the longevity. Of course. Uh, ten and a half years under my ownership, but 13 years altogether, it's fantastic. Um, that is not something to be taken lightly in an industry like the nightclub industry. Of course. So the longevity thing is, and the other thing is uh, that I'm proud of is the reputation of, of the place and, and how many people speak of it fondly. Oh, yeah. You know, it is, you know, whenever you have people drinking and there's the volatility of, of the place and, and um, the interactions of people are not always positive. So some people might uh, construe that as, a, as a, an onus on the, on the bar or the ownership or the management. But truthfully, I mean, uh, so many things could go awry when you have so many people drinking in the same spot. Of course. So I am very proud of us maintaining the reputation of the place and how, how fondly people speak of it when they do. And it's not just existing, it's existing and still being top of mind. And, you know, probably like top of the food chain from what I'd like, at least what I would kind of consider top yeah. of the food chain from that, you know, that if you're looking for that kind of an atmosphere, then like the SRO is the place to go, right? So Yeah, that's, well, that's, that is part of the reputation. I'm really proud of that. I'm, I'm also proud of, you know, I'm actually humbled and, and really proud is not necessarily the word I want to use here, but I'm humbled and I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful to how well the city had taken to me and, um, with open arms and how they allowed me to thrive here. Yeah, well, that's that, that's amazing. And I like speaking of the city and how uh, you've been able to thrive. I want to kind of get back into a little bit more of the <laughs> hyper local level here too. But uh, yes. so describe Sudbury in one sentence, or you could even describe downtown Sudbury in one sentence if you want. Ooh, I, if I were to describe uh, downtown Sudbury, downtown Sudbury is uh, uh, warm and unique. Uh, it's. It's unlike any other downtown, uh, and it's it's very charming. The uh, um, the idea of like some downtowns are so busy that uh, they take away from the charm. You, it's uh, downtowns are so busy you don't even have a chance to look at the architect uh, that's surrounding the area and the um, and the. Uh, different eras that things were built in. It's, it's the, not. It's not like other neighborhoods. It's the glitz and glamour <clears throat> that you know catch your eye as opposed to the actual character of the neighborhood, right? So, well, yeah, in, well, in bigger neighborhoods, in a busier downtown, maybe. Okay. Well, I'm gonna uh, compare that to urban areas. Uh, sorry, to uh, suburban areas, suburban neighborhoods. Suburban neighborhoods are traditionally built within a five-year period, an entire neighborhood. Yeah. 
the houses resemble each other 100% a lot and then but when you go to downtowns downtowns have buildings come down and new buildings come up and then there's a, a, a definite uh, mixture of architecture and and uh, I like things that. that define different eras so you can walk into a building that was built a hundred years ago like a like the grand for example and then and then you know three blocks later there's a building that's only 20 years old and or, glass. or 50 years old yeah, yeah. oh glass yeah yeah so those those are charming things about downtowns that a lot of people don't notice i notice these things but i only notice them because downtown uh sudbury's downtown allows you to take in a bit of a fresh air and I like and, that. And then, yeah, you, you can smell the roses in downtown Sudbury. <laughs> and it's then, part like, of think, its charm. I think even if you think back to like the 100 plus years old, like like downtown was built around, like cities were Absolutely. built around downtown. So that's where the infrastructure would have been built up at the time. So that's why you find it's the funny. oldest buildings in yeah. downtown core probably. Downtowns were built around railroads. Built around railroads and that's what we see today. <laughs> yeah, all downtowns were built around railroads. And in most cities, those railroads will, were pulled. Sudbury, they've, they haven't done that yet. They've had a couple of opportunities, but it's also another thing that, you know, gives it its charm. Yeah. You know, where it's surrounded, uh, it's kind of like a, a pocket and uh, uh, it's accessible, but, but it's also not uh, the um, throughway for the whole city. For sure, for sure. And so, uh, Sudbury is the same way too. Sudbury is, uh, is charming in itself. Uh, you're not far from nature. It really Sudbury has all the amenities you ever need, whether you're an individual or a family. Uh, at the same time, it it's you can escape in it. You can uh, you know travel in, in ten minutes in any direction and be surrounded by nature. That that's what's so fantastic. I love how you were that you can escape within the city because that's what it is. You know, within ten minutes, whether it's a ten minute walk, a ten minute bike ride, a 10 absolutely minute, whatever, you can be surrounded by nature, trees, lakes, whatever, you, whatever you're looking for there, right? And bears. And bears. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the bear spray with you. What's been the biggest change you've seen since you buying the nightclub until or buying the SRO until until now? Like if you look about it, if you look back over the transition you've seen over that last decade, there's tremendous cultural shifts. And um, I think, you know, I'm 49 years old, so, um, and I've experienced nightclubs since I was 19. Uh, I've worked in them and I've um, patroned a lot of nightclubs as, you know, not necessarily just homework. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy myself. Uh, I think there's a cultural shift right now. And I, um, the young people right now have an awareness that we didn't have. Um, there's a there's a, a a very very high self-correcting mechanism and and that's the internet. However, the internet is it takes us away as well. Um, I the biggest shift that I have right now, the shift that I see right now is uh, um, how people interact. It's very different than how we used to interact. Is it that they're on their phones, like in the middle of the bar kind of thing, or like but, what is? Uh, well, it's not just even when they're not on their uh, on their phones. I think there's a um, there's not there's not enough practice in one-on-one there's not enough practice of you know uh behavior in a, in a room in a group uh, sp- uh the being a spontaneous speaker is not is not necessarily that rewarded it's uh it's, you know everything is texting people do not use their verbal skills as often as we did that's really interesting and it, yes. I, I think it's a really astute observation there too right so 
Um, and I basically, you get to do a, 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 an, an experience in consumer behavior on a nightly basis. At oh yeah, you know, absolutely. So you get to well, see we all do. We yeah. all do. We do. We all get to experience that. And I think you as a, that connector and that person that I'm always seeing in the city, and you're like you're trying to introduce this person to that person. Like that's that's the skill that I look at. And I'm like, wow, he's doing an amazing job. But that's just kind of what you grew up with, and that's what your expectation of communication might be for somebody that's in your position that's an extrovert, right? That you're just this comes natural to you to have this flowing conversation. And I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm I'm not sure if I if I do excel at it, and it's not it's not for me to decide these things. Um, I I. You know, we, it's not, I, I didn't uh, uh, leave the, the house today thinking how I'm going to be more of a socialite, socialite or an extrovert. Uh, I just, it, it's, it's just people, it's human beings. And um, a lot of them, my, my unique uh, uh, status is I, I've been dealing with the same age dynamic for the last decade, at least more, more like 15 years. So I'm always dealing with young people. And that's like you, you get to see that, that constant that you, you, you keep age constant, so you get to see that change. I get to see yeah, I get to see these generations. Twenty five yeah. year old today with a twenty five year old. And I still and I still communicate with people that are uh, that I've seen throughout the years, which is wonderful. I mean it, that that's part of being in downtown and, and then I run into people that patron downtown and it, so it's fantastic. I get to see uh, all the people that I've aged with as as well. The growth. And then yeah, the growth and then I get to see the young people and and, and I'm not saying that uh, uh, they have some incredible uh, skills. Young people have some incredible skills, uh, and some of it is is highly social, and 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 it really allows them to be more aware of their behavior. But then, but other things are missing as well. So it's a it's a uh, there's a, a negatives and positives, and if you want to call it that, I don't even call it negatives and positives it's just the attributes are changing it's changing and it's changed over the last decade and if you were to project out 10 years from now is that it? are we going to be in a better place because of it or are we going to be in maybe a worse place or what, what do you think is going to happen in, in a decade from now um oh wow especially uh, in the hospitality scene like so so this is what i think i think people need to be around each other more more now than ever i think what's going to happen is that we're going to revert back to protecting your family unit and going back to becoming more uh, more of a community, um, and I, th- I, I think there's a, a, a in general there's a, a a level of loneliness that that the internet cannot fix. Is that taking that community away from the phone and like putting it back into the actual people? I think that that's what's going to happen. People are going to start interfacing more. There's yeah. there's more of a need for it now, and at, at the same time, you know we have some, we have some issues to fix. But um, our, what we're addicted to is completely different than what it used to be, and. Um, People are far, far, far more addicted to their telephones, and I think we're, they're starting to notice that. It's it's pretty crazy, and even myself, like I'll like I'll feel like my phone's vibrating my pocket when it's not even in there sometimes, yeah, right? Like absolutely. It's just, it's just yeah. you're constant used to. We're all the same. It's yeah. all going off, and, right? So. Yeah, we're uh, we're definitely well, we, we we're definitely not used to being still. You know that stillness that we used to have all the time, and now it's yeah. It's hardly around us. You know that that picture of a of a, a man lying lying in a field. Like what would it, would he ever see something like that? And like you know. Yeah. And so what are you doing? Well, I'm just waiting for things to grow so I can pick them. You know, that's uh, we don't have that stillness anymore. It's it's so true, and it's like I just think back to like my wife and I've just been married ten years, but like 
we she didn't even have a cell phone when we first got together and now like you yeah. can't live without your cell phone right but yeah. and i you kind of see it with like a trend with even like so the, the walmart's of the world and the boss big box stores came in and that went that everybody kind of went in that direction for a little bit and they're like oh look at this new shiny thing but then like at the same time they were like oh i kind of miss that one-on-one that customer like that that special like uh that bond that i had with maybe my local shopkeeper or whatever and then you're seeing it kind of push away from the big box store and people are paying the premium and they'll as long as they can get that experience that they kind of thrive that, that they're searching for right so you know i think that's where we, we have to go back to that we're it's far more natural yeah well some of the things we're doing right now are fairly unnatural <laughs> fantastic well we're gonna finish it up with some rapid fire questions <laughs> sure. too yeah um so you said you made you made a comment that you don't drink too much but like well you're, you're the bartender what's your favorite drink oh i'm well my favorite drink the favorite drink that i would make is it's a tropical hurricane it's just a mixture of fruits Fruit, fruit, um, fruit liqueurs and fruit uh, juices. A tropical hurricane, yeah. Yeah, tropical. That's my favorite to make. On a beach or like at your bar? Which uh, well, at the bar. I make it at the bar as well. Yeah. yeah. Specifically, um, my favorite drink to drink. I'm a, I'm a water person. Water. Yeah. I, I had a meal the other day, and the meal was fantastic. It was. I went to a restaurant, and the meal was amazing. And then. I asked for a glass of water, and the most enjoyable part of that meal was that glass of water. I can't help myself. It's a amazing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just a, a it is a gift to us. <laughs> Clean water, just call, yeah, absolutely. Um, what's your favorite Sudbury restaurant? My favorite Sudbury restaurant. I I really really do like all the restaurants in downtown. I I enjoy something at most of the restaurants in downtown. Uh, is it the experience? Is it the food? Like, what is it that you? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I, I like the Laughing Buddha. I definitely love the Laughing Buddha for the atmosphere and the patio specifically in, in the, the summer. summer. That patio is amazing. Yes. Uh, I also like what they've done with the uh, with the townhouse. But um, going into the um, uh, to respect is burning. It's a, is a whole other experience. Uh, or Oscars is another experience. I like the. The intimate feeling when you're in there. There's so many the glass if you go get to overlook absolutely, and, and even peddler as well. Peddlers is is closed now. I'm, there's so many restaurants. The Hourglass uh, was one of my favorite restaurants, and then I purchased it, and unfortunately now it's closed due to a uh, f- to some flooding. Yeah, and uh, and there's a chance that uh, uh, it, it might take a very 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 long time before it reopens. We 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 don't have any timelines yet. Not definitive. Well, fantastic. You definitely are the guy that's got the experience on the downtown restaurant scene for sure. So, Thank you. Uh, do you have a theme song to your life? Is there a song that you're playing or singing in the shower you, in the morning? You know, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm surrounded by music all the time, which is a, 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 an incredible thing for um, for anybody. I think music is lovely. Um, did it my way, but uh, the Spanish version by um the gypsy kings i'll have to check that one out yeah, yeah. i haven't heard the spanish version but yeah yeah it's uh yeah it still did it my way but did it's, it by, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic and what, what is there a piece of advice you give to people like young people that are want to become business owners or buy, purchase business or want to go in business for themselves especially in the Sudbury community uh well one idea is if uh one, one thought if you have an idea write it down and stick to it and Come back to that piece of paper continuously, because most businesses ended up end up taking a life of their own unless you shape them to the idea that you want it to be. And 
that coming back to that piece of paper will reignite your passion for that business continuously. And keeping that laser focus and not letting you, yeah, life's going to happen, but like work's going to happen, the city's going to happen, you're going to get maybe off track or something like that. But if you have that laser focus to why you wanted to start that in the first place. Yeah, to, to why, the, you know, you have this idea, you fell in love with it and you loved it enough to make it a, a reality. Continue with that concept. Oh, fantastic. I really, really like that. And just to end on this note here, if you had Sudbury's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the mic today. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, like us, share us, review us, get the word out, and happy to thrill to have you on Sudbury Stories today. Cheers. Thank you so much. Correct response. What is my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario?